Hi, I'm Kristen, and this is the Simple Handmade Everyday Podcast, where I talk about living a creative, intentional life. I like to chat about quilting, sometimes knitting, what I'm reading and watching, and a little bit about keeping a cozy, organized home. I've got my cup of tea in hand, so grab yours and let's settle in for a chat. This is episode 86. Welcome. Welcome. It's good to be back. Um, thank you to all of you returning listeners and welcome to, to new ones. It is definitely spring here on the 21st of April in Southern California. However, I have been told <laughs> that this is not true in other parts of the country. Um, yeah, I'm sorry to hear that. For my my regular job, um, I write a lot of marketing emails and I have a client that's in Minnesota and um, they're going to run a sale that had something to do with spring and I was working on the copy and um, I actually messaged them and said, what's the weather like there? You know, can I talk about that, you know, that flowers are coming up? Can I, you know, say anything about spring? He's like, no, it has been snowing for two weeks and everybody is so angry. <laughs> and so, yeah, that kind of foiled my, my copy attempts. But it is definitely spring here in California. And I'm loving it. I'm spending a lot of time in the garden, as always happens this time of year. And um, we are just kind of working away at weeding and mulching. And when I kind of get everything all cleaned up and I just have one section left to do, then I'm going to really just stand back and take a look at the whole outdoor space, which I kind of think of as a a second living room during a lot of the year, and see what it needs. I'm thinking it needs... um, in addition to some plants, but every year, hopefully there's a few less plants that I need to buy to fill in spaces. But I do have one section, one wall that I want to redo, rip stuff out and start over. Um, and maybe plant some bougainvillea, which brings in a lot of color year round. But I think I might need a few, um, I don't know, what do I call it? Some, not hardscaping, that would be like the patio, but we have a bird bath in one place. And I have um, a bird feeder that's hanging on kind of a decorative pole. Um, I might need to move that. It's in kind of a hidden part of the yard. Um, And that bird feeder is now empty. It's only decorative because I learned something. And that is when you fill a bird feeder up with bird seed, you end up with a whole lot of weeds right at the base of that. And like 10 years later, I'm still battling those weeds. I don't know where I can put a bird feeder that doesn't create that problem, except for maybe a hummingbird feeder. But we actually have enough plants that hummingbirds like that I don't think we need a hummingbird feeder Um, I think for Mother's Day I might request some wind chimes I like large wind chimes that have a kind of a low sound as opposed to the tinkly ones Um, I've had them in the past to the point where the sun just eats away at everything that's holding them together and they fall apart but I'm I'm ready to to replace that but I don't know just some sort of decorative art. Costco had this kind of cool bronze sun that you can just put out there just you know something to kind of liven things up a little bit. Um, I'm realizing that um, I, I'm, an, I'm a neutrals girl and all my patio furniture is very neutral and when I was standing on the grass looking towards the house I realized really how very blah it is. So maybe I need some colorful um, throw pillows or something out there. I'm not sure but it's this is my time of year to think about that space and just um, try to enjoy it when I'm out there. I have a bad habit of sitting there and just looking at everything that needs to be done. I just want to work on it and then pretend I'm out of bed and breakfast and, <laughs> and that I'm being very non-judgmental about my surroundings. So that's been uh, that's been fun and I just want to kind of keep plugging away at that. 
what else is going on we had easter last weekend all three kids came home for easter which was just so nice um it's you know this wonderful you know time of remote work and even some remote school i don't really like the remote school but it's nice to have that option so they all came home very late on thursday night did their own thing on everybody worked from home on on friday or and my son even took a test from you know for, for college that day and even though you know it wasn't really a day off for everyone i actually took the day off um but even though it wasn't really a day off it was just you know you get to have lunch together you see people that come down it's just you know kind of like being a, just a normal family again where we don't have to you know entertain each other we just hang out together so that was wonderful we had a nice meal and i sent all the kids back home with leftovers and um yeah that just it really filled my cup before we get into the quilting segment, I'd like to thank the Fat Quarter Shop for sponsoring the podcast. The Fat Quarter Shop is a one-stop show for quilting fabrics and supplies for quilters around the world. They stock quilt shop quality fabrics, pre-cuts, quilt kits, patterns, notions, and even cross-stitch supplies. This month, the basic of the month, which is 20% off the yardage and pre-cuts, is Zen Chic's line called Spotted. These are gorgeous tone-on-tone fabrics that you can use like a solid, but they provide so much more interest and texture than solids. I absolutely love quilts made with these. It's the perfect time to stock up. Also, you may not know that the Fat Quarter Shop publishes their own quilt and cross-stitch patterns under the name It's So Emma, and they sent me some of these patterns to review, and one that really caught my eye is called Rockin' Around. It's a Christmas quilt. It's 45 inches square, and it features a very cleverly constructed Christmas tree made up of half square triangles. It's a very simple and minimalist pattern with um, multiple uh, ways to color it. They give you lots of great examples here. And it's definitely gonna go on my to be made list. I will put a link in the show notes so you can check it out for yourself. But I'm just thinking that maybe this summer might be the perfect time to start on a Christmas quilt. All right, speaking of quilting, I finished two projects this week. I'm very excited. Um, The first one is the scrap quilt that I've been talking about ad nauseum called Sunshine and Shadows. It is from the book Quilts for Scrap Lovers by Judy Gauthier. And I learned a ton about color theory while making this quilt. It's not technically a scrap quilt for me. I was just, it was a stash quilt, but my stash is mostly made up of fat quarters. So those are practically scraps. Anyways, I talked last episode about how I was not actually thrilled with how this came out. And it has a lot to do with uh, the the colors of the blocks made. I love, I love each and every block individually so again it's about I think it's a 16 inch block and it's made up of 12 different patches of of fabric you know plus background and I tried somewhat unsuccessfully with some colors to have every patch um there's 12 different fabrics so it's not actually every patch but there's 12 different fabrics in one colorway so there's an orange block there's a yellow block there's a green block there's a navy block and then once I kind of lost my primaries, then I kind of, there's a purpley pink block and a, um, a greeny blue block. There's a gray block and a black block. And um, I love every block, but when I put it all together, I don't know. It just, I, I just was not loving it, but I sewed them all together <laughs> over the, the um, last couple nights. Um, and I finished it. I just need to press it at this point. I got to tell you, 
Oh, and first of all, what I have to say is I talked about this last podcast and I said I'd put a picture in the show notes and I didn't. I did put a picture of the Cabin Valley quilt. It wasn't my picture. It's from the pattern, even though mine looks exactly like that. It, people were very, so I heard from some people saying, oh, I understand. You don't really, you're not always happy with how things came out. But I'm like, oh, no, I actually love that quilt. As a matter of fact, I love the Cabin, ba- Valley, Cabin Valley quilt. I'm going to make a second one because I gave the first one away. It's this scrap quilt that I'm not loving. Um, I don't know how to get a good picture of it right now. I'll try to put one in the show notes, um, but I, I don't know that I have a good way to take a picture. It's too big to put on my design wall, and um, maybe I can get my husband to hold it up, but it's not pressed. I don't know. We'll see. But you know, that's just uh, it's the way it goes. Sometimes we just don't love quilts that we do. Um, but I will finish it all the way. Um, as a matter of fact, I think I'll whip out that Cabin Valley quilt and send them both off to the Long Armor at the same time. And um, and yeah, so that'll be that will be very nice. Okay, so what I was going to say about that, uh, the Sunshine and Shadows quilt, is that each block is 16 inches. It's made up of, you know, four by four inch blocks. And they're pieced blocks for the most part. And I wasn't thinking so much about how this, how these blocks were going to go together when I actually laid out the quilt. So what I'm trying to say is that my seam allowances were not pressed in ways that were easy to nest. And I loved, I am, I am a person that definitely presses my seams to one side and I really like, I'm very good at nesting seams and getting like very nice seam intersections. Um, so when I, I am pinning and I'm also a very diligent, diligent pinner. Um, so I'm sitting there and I'm pinning together my, my blocks and my rows. I'm just going, oh, you know, like I'm, I feel happy every time they're going, my seam intersections are going opposite directions and I can nest them. If not, I just flip one over and I nest it anyways, which gives me a lot of sort of those twisted seam allowances in the back. And I don't find that I'm usually very alarmed about those. Um, I usually just let it go, but usually on a quilt, I don't have that many. This one, it's like, you know, half of them are twisted like that. And that just makes it so that things don't lay quite as, as flat. I do think that once you quilt it and frankly, quilting on a long arm, I think, um, it's easier for that to get over any of that bumpiness than, uh, quilting domestically. But, um, and once that's washed and crinkled up, I don't think that really shows, but this one, after I press it, I might go through and sort of, you know, how you can kind of snip, snip those so that they do, they can go their own way, <laughs> each part of the, the seam allowance. So I might do that, which is going to be just such a pain. Um, but uh, I was thinking that if I had thought ahead and I knew that this would come out this way, then maybe the thing to, would have been, would I am having a hard time talking today. The thing to do would have been to press all my seam allowances open. Do you do that? I am not not really a fan of that. Um, Krista Watson, who is a, an amazing quilter, and I um, once uh, reviewed her uh, craftsy class that, for quilt making basics, and I learned, even I, I had been quilting for years, but I definitely learned some tricks from her. But she presses hers open, and she just thinks she gets um, a flatter quilt top, which, yes, you do. Um, but I just have a harder time um, getting perfect intersections when things are pressed open. But the next time I am faced with something like that, I want to try to remember and, um, and do something like press seam allowances open. Have you seen, there's some new gadget out that 
um, is a piece of wood with, how would I describe this? A piece of, you know, you know how you have the, the felted um, pressing mats? Well, it's something like that. It's almost like a little hot dog. <laughs> it's a roll of that that sits in a piece of wood. And what you can do is you, for pressing seams open, you can lay your block over that. And it's a curve, you know, kind of like a pressing ham, if you've ever seen those, um, so that you can very easily press all your seams open. That would be a very nice gadget to have. But anyway, so I'm glad that quilt top's done. I'm actually, I'll be glad when it's pressed because <laughs> that's going to take a while. Um, the other project I finished is my table topper project, which um, you will see in May. I've got, I can't really show it till then, but I have talked about the construction of it. And I'm using the um, French general line, uh, La Vie Boheme, which is delightful. And I talked last time about, I bought kind of an off-white and a bluey kind of sort of linen look. Um, coordinating fabrics from that line to, to do the borders. And I hung them both up and um, really, you know, I kind of got half of people said to use the off-white, half said the blue. I went with the blue. I sewed all the borders on and went, I don't like this. It just had too much of a 1980s country, French country look to it. So I took them off and I ultimately um, pulled out some natural linen so that, you know, very tanny looking linen just normal linen and I did the borders in linen and then the the borders that I had stripped off the blue ones were like perfect for binding now I actually just trimmed down a, a quarter of an inch and I used those for binding and I'm very very happy with that I'm happy with the way I, I quilted it I did some straight line quilting um, I usually don't know how I want to quilt borders which is part of why I almost never do borders but I think I came up with a good solution. So I'll let you know when that blog post goes up in May. Um, but that felt that felt good to knock two things off the list. And so I guess next is the Cabin Valley, which is a very fun and easy um, modern log cabin pattern to do. So that'll be next. And then what next? <laughs> That is what I've been wrestling with. I've been kind of, even though I have been kind of enjoying sewing and, you know, finishing these projects, I'm just like, I'm just not sure like what kind of quilt I want to make next or what kind of project I want to work on next. So I just feel like I need a new challenge. When I first started quilting, every quilt that I made sort of represented a skill that I wanted to to master. So the first one was just how to make a quilt. It was just squares. Then I took a class where we actually um, mastered all kinds of things. We did, you know, log cabin blocks and half square triangles and um, Ohio stars that have quarter square triangles, all kinds of things. But then, so every quilt was just like, what new kind of thing can I do? I've done applique quilts, all that. So what's next? And um, I keep saying that I love modern quilts and I want to be a modern quilter. So maybe that's, that's next. I think maybe, and maybe I'll start with a pattern. Um, I also went through a whole period of time where I basically only um, made my own patterns, you know, made quilts of my own design. And right now I think I'm kind of over that and I think I need to find a really nice modern pattern to to knock out to just kind of shake things up and and I think I want it to be modern but not improv I keep playing around with improv and I think sometimes you just have to say that's not my personality that's not I appreciate looking at it um, but it's not really my thing so 
So there's that. I'm also thinking maybe I should play around a little bit with sewing some clothes. I don't know. I say it out loud and I'm like, nah, you don't want to do that. I do have a pattern for a, a tank top that I want to do in linen that I talked about about a year ago and I've never made it. And so maybe I should start with that since it's simple and I've already purchased the pattern. But yeah, I'm just kind of at a crossroads of what what direction do I want um, my quilt making or sewing in general to take? And I don't know what that is. So I would like to hear from you guys if you have, have come to this. Um, I have a couple of, of modern quilting um, Instagram accounts that I enjoy. And I've even corresponded a little bit um, through, you know, DMs with them about their transition from just, you know, a traditional quilter to a modern quilter. And I absolutely adore um, both of their their designs so that's um, I'll put the links in the show notes um, uh, Shiner's View is is one of them and she did the um, breaststrokes pattern that I uh, did last year and the other one is uh, it's like Holly Grove maybe it's Holly Grove threads I can't remember right now but I will put the links in the show notes I've talked about them both before but they're just um you know very inspirational and, and maybe I just need to take some time to explore that a little bit before we leave the quilting segment, I wanted to tell you about a quilting zine. Do you know what a zine is? It is a, a self-published magazine, basically, and it's usually pretty small. So my friend, Frances Dowell, over at um, the Off-Kilter Quilts and Quilt Fiction fame, she, um, she's a wonderful illustrator and she's a wonderful writer, and she has created a quilting zine. And this one is called Hands All Around. And she also does some block printing. So she has um, her own original block prints in there of hands. It says, so the title of this says, Hands All Around, A Quilting Miscellany by Frances O'Dell. This is issue one. And this issue is all about sustainable quilt making. And it is, how many pages? I guess it's 12 pages. And it has some wonderful writing in it. Um, there's a little note from Francis, and then she talks about sustainable, it's kind of like little articles, sustainable quilt making as an act of self-giving. She has a, a section called Secondhand Stories, where she reached out to other quilt makers online to talk about how they practice sustainable methods in their quilt making. And then she's got um, just lots of little quotes and things like that. And then she has another article called Sustainable Quilt Making as a Cure for Loneliness. So she's got just wonderful articles in here. And then even on the back, she has resources for where if she has inspired you, which she did inspire me, to learn more about sustainable quilt making, then um, there's some things for you to check out. So this is printed um, on some very nice paper and like eight and a half by 11 paper this fold is in half and she has stitched the binding with a with a sewing machine so it is it's a hand stitched binding and um it's just it's wonderful so you can have you can um, i will put a link to her etsy shop where you can buy one and it will be sent to you which is what i did or you can um, get a pdf and download it immediately so um, she's going to be having more of these issues and i think it is wonderful to have a voice like hers talking about quilt making um, philosophically, sort of, um, 
in knitting, there are lots of people that write about knitting philosophically, you know, and even humorously, if you've got, you know, the yarn harlot, uh, Stephanie Pearl McPhee, McPhee, something like that. Um, and I have lamented that knitting is so far ahead of us in, in just um, enjoyable nonfiction writing. And so I just, um, my vote is for Francis to be um, the voice of quilt makers <laughs> out there. So definitely check that out. All right, I wish there was a knitting segment because I'm feeling the itch to knit, which I think I do every year about this time. I just have unresolved issues with knitting with my dog, my new dog, who just gets right in there and ruins it. So uh, sometimes I pull out the knitting when my husband is taking the two dogs for a walk. One one dog I can knit with no problem. The other one is the, the new one. His name's Ollie. He's the problem. Um, but I've just been thinking... Um, a lot about knitting lately and I have I'm still working <laughs> on that elementary wrap which I started I don't know maybe nine months ago and I'm ready to set that aside to be honest with you I, I'm about half done so it's a multi-year project and so I'm just like what else could I cast on I could cast on socks I have yarn but to be honest with you it was such a warm winter I didn't even wear the, the hand-knit socks that I already own. So knitting another pair of socks is a little bit like, I'm not sure that's the right thing. Um, and I have talked about before, I do have a sweater that I need the ripped sleeves out on, and that might be it. Um, but I've, I keep looking at, I follow a lot of knitters on Instagram, and I am itching to sort of knit uh, a sweater, but I just cannot find the one that I'm loving so much that I'm willing to invest the considerable money in yarn so knitting is a little bit of a I'm knitting in my head now it's a little bit of a fantasy thing but we'll see if I cast on socks in June because I tend to do that so we'll see um let's talk about books let's talk about books but before actually before we talk about books I want to talk about a podcast that I stumbled across that I listened to while I was gardening one day. I listened to multiple episodes and it's called the Midlife Matters podcast. And I really am enjoying this and I wanted to share it with you. There are three women friends that host this podcast and they are um, actually all they're all in midlife, but they're a little bit different. Like one of them has grandchildren. Um, I mean, I think young grandchildren um, and then one still even has one child at home like their last high schooler at home and then I don't know one's in the middle there so they're they what's kind of nice there it's nice to have friendships with um, people who um, are ahead of you so that they you know you can kind of see how things go I have my my very best friend um, her daughter her oldest daughter is just one year older than my oldest and even just with that one year difference, um, it's been so nice to kind of talk to her about the things that are that are coming up, you know, even when it was when they were little and things about, you know, sleep training or potty training or starting solids or things like that to driving or to applying for college. So it's always nice to have friends that are older. And then, of course, it's nice to have friends that are in a slightly, you know, different place in their life, a little bit younger. My um, brother and sister-in-law, they're also kind of similar to me, but a little behind. So um, now kids go, starting to go to college and still in high school. And it's fun to just, you know, go back and, and remember that, the, the craziness of, of that as well, now that things aren't so crazy. So um, I was actually going to bring up their podcast and tell you some of the names of their episodes. So they've got episodes called uh, De Decluttering at the Speed of Life, 
end of an heirloom, welcoming spring with all five senses. And I, I listen to that and they have that for every season. And I can tell that one of them is a big fan of the nester. And so am I, um, who has the whole cozy minimalist course and book and everything. And she talks a lot about decorating, not just visually, but with all five senses, smell, touch, sight, taste, things like that. Um, They've got one called Let's Get to Know Each Other Better, where you kind of dive into their thing, midlife marriage, staying home with older kids, how to avoid a midlife crisis. So things like that. So part of what they were talking about on some of these episodes is I sort of hopped right into the middle of they have their own little book club using a book called Happy School. And I got a little bit intrigued by that. And so I ended up buying the book and reading it and really enjoyed it. It's a little corny. I will I will tell you that, but I'm I'm up for a light corny read sometimes. So what this is really about is um, it's cognitive behavioral therapy. <laughs> it is um, managing your moods by managing your thoughts, and we've talked about this in other podcast episodes. It is all the rage right now in um, on weight loss podcasts. Um, Corinne Crabtree. Um, Katrina Ubell, Dara Thomason, they, they all are weight loss coaches um, that use the same idea. And I think that it's, it's very valid and it's kind of everybody has their own little spin on it. But the idea in this book, okay, first of all, for happy school, this is just really about managing um, your happiness. Now, I'm not an unhappy person, but I do like to read books like this for some reason, like The Happiness Project by Gretchen Rubin. You know, it's just always good to um, have a good attitude about things. So in this book, Happy School, she teaches you all of these, um, this, these therapy ideas, these, this thought work um, idea through fiction. And so it's a story about a girl who is, um, she's single. Well, actually, yeah, she's single. She's in a bad relationship. She hates her job. Um, she's kind of unhappy in a number of her friendships. Her mom and sister are crazy. You know, she's, she's just kind of is always in a woe is me type, sort of t- uh, mind space. And um, so the, the construct in this is there's somebody sends her this little genie in a bottle and this genie is going to give her these sort of lessons. So that's why it's called happy school. And um, so it kind of walks you through this, but you get to see it instead of it being completely, um, you know, just theoretical, you get to see how um, these ideas shape her life and the results that they have and it's also just it's funny and she often has the same thoughts that you're having like I don't know about that that seems weird or yeah that I don't think that would work she (laughs) and she voices that and then you know it it all works out obviously so um, some of the the thought work ideas that they work through are basically um, mindfulness is the first one and the author comes up with cutesy little names for everything but this one's called the parade of thoughts and that's the idea with mindfulness like when you do when you meditate for instance you just observe your thoughts right you can um, think about your thoughts without actually attaching any you know any valuation to them they're they're not good or bad so you can just watch their your thoughts as she says just march across your mind and not act on them and learning to do that is very valuable um, we can also as um, humans 
interrupt our thoughts. So like when we start to go down the road of thinking something negatively, you know, about our family or our husband or our children or our finances or whatever, when you, you can realize, okay, that I'm going down this road and you can interrupt that thought by purposely thinking of something else. And how you feel is directly related to your thoughts. So you can change the way you feel by changing your thoughts. I thought that was really interesting. And then those parts of our lives that really um, uh, cause us a lot of grief or we're unhappy about, they, she has this uh, thing about quarantining those thoughts. And you just, you, when you start to think about them, you think about something else until you uh, have a designated time where you sit down to work those thoughts out. Like, okay, so I'm unhappy about my finances or the house we're living in or, or whatever your your issue is and go okay so tonight I'm going to sit down and I'm going to journal about I'm going to brainstorm ideas to fix what I'm unhappy about instead of ruminating on it all the time so those are just a few little examples of this but I got kind of got caught up in the little fictional story I was rooting for this heroine by the end so anyways um that was a, a fun book so what they do in their podcast is they each lesson or chapter they um, have read it and then they kind of talk about it together and each give like examples of how they sort of applied that um, during the last you know couple weeks or whatever so um, now that I've read the book I think I'd like to go back and find where they start talking about that book but so that was very interesting so that's called happy school um, I'll put a link in the show notes I think it's Ju- like Julie and Nelson maybe is the is the author there she's got a number of other ones that follow the same format there's a skinny school and a wife school but I, I don't know how many I'll go down but I, I definitely enjoyed happy school the other book that I read and reread is The Quilter's Apprentice. Now, this is the first book in the Elm Creek Quilt series by Jennifer Cheverini. And I was inspired to read that um, because over on the in the quilt fiction group that Frances runs, she's been um, posting a quilt related book like every day. And then people kind of weigh in on whether they read it and if they liked it and if they didn't and I was just sort of reminded of that that series and how much I loved it the first time around and so I was able to download it on Kindle for like a dollar 99 or something so I read it um, if you've never read that series um, I highly recommend it so it is about a um, young couple uh, Sarah and her husband who have just moved to this town um, I think is it Waterford in Pennsylvania she had a job as an accountant and he's a landscaper and he's working um, as a landscaper for this company that is kind of renovating the landscape and orchards of this huge house called Elm Creek Manor and Sarah is they've just moved there they're kind of newlyweds she's trying to find a job she cannot find a job and the older woman who lives there named Sylvia she hires Sarah to help her kind of clean out the inside of this manor which is Sylvia's family home Sylvia's like say 75 and this has been in her family for I'm just going to say like like a couple hundred years or something I'm not going to do the math on that and um, so Sarah does that in um, exchange for 
quilting lessons because this woman, once she's in the manor, she's she's a very accomplished quilter. So she teaches her to quilt. And I remember the very first time that I read this book, every, she made, they make a sampler quilt. And I went on the internet and looked up every block (laughs) that, that they made. And I even made like a document with each block in it. Later on, I actually bought the book of that. Um, they, she, the author very smartly turned that whole thing into a pattern book, which I eventually gave away because I'm never going to make that quilt. But it was just fun to see this quilt that you read all about through this book, like in, you know, like see a real one. And um, so, you know, I don't know how much, I never know how much to give away, but this uh, combination of Sarah being a business person and Sylvia being an accomplished quilter launches a whole new um, business venture and like 25 other books. <laughs> so that was very enjoyable. Um, and I actually just got a notification that um, Round Robin, which is book two, just came in at the library for me. Um, I couldn't get it on Kindle for such a deal. So I just got it from the library. So I think I, I don't know if I will reread the whole series, but um, I'm definitely going to read some. Now, for those of you who have not read this series, what is really kind of cool about it is, so Sylvia has a very long history at Elm Creek Manor. It was built by her grandfather, probably great-great-grandfather maybe, um, who immigrated from, I want to say Germany. And so it's, I'm not sure if it's every other book, but every so often, so the, the books take place at current, you know, current day. And, but every so often there's a historical book that goes back in time to something relating to Elm Creek Manor. Uh, some of them take place um, during the Civil War where um, Elm Creek Manor was a stop on the Underground Railroad. I mean, there's just a, a number of them. One of them, um, one of her aunt, Sylvia's ancestors goes to California to um, they bought some land sight unseen I think there it's supposed to be an orange grove and they come out here let's just say it doesn't work out um, but the part there, there there are books set right where I live which is very cool and every time I hike at this certain place I think of a couple books that take place right in that area and it's because the author actually lived in Thousand Oaks where this is taking place um, and so she set some of the books there. She was a librarian at the Thousand Oaks Library, actually. So anyway, so um, it goes, the, the books go back and forth between historical and, and um, well, what was um, present day 20 years ago. And I think I kind of prefer the, the historical ones. If I had to choose, those are, are always really fun. So anyway, so that is um, The Quilter's Apprentice. And the other book I want to talk to you about, I listened as an audiobook, and it's called The Maid by Nita Prose, N-I-T-A, Prose. And I love this book. It is, um, it was a quick listen. So it is about a young woman. She's 25, and she's a maid at the Regency Grand Hotel. I believe it's in New York. And... Um, I don't know how to say this in the appropriate way. You can tell by the way she talks that she's a little bit different. Um, I would have said a few years ago that she probably had Asperger's. Um, I'm my, I've been informed that we don't really say that anymore. So maybe you just say that she's on the spectrum. She's definitely, she's, um, a little quirky. She, uh, doesn't understand social cues very well, but, 
She's very neat and orderly and boy, does she know how to clean. So she absolutely loves being a maid. It is the perfect job for her. And one day she walks into a room to clean and she finds um, a dead body. And so it's a little bit, it's a little, I read a description of it that called it a cozy mystery. I wouldn't really call it a cozy mystery. It's not even a real whodunit kind of thing. I guess there is a little bit of mystery about uh, what happened there, but um, she is very straightforward about, you know, how she handles the situation. And then it's one of those stories where um, in a, the things are like very slowly revealed to you where you realize, oh, honey, you are misinterpreting people. And so she thinks everything is perfect. But as a person that do not, does not suffer from the same um, social ills that she does, she you realize that she is misunderstanding cues and she's into this whole um, mystery way deeper than you thought. So it is, um, it's a fun read. It's got some nice twists and turns. And um, so I really enjoyed that. So that's called The Maid, The Maid by Nita Prose. And just very quickly, I wanted to finish up by saying last episode, I was reading The Forest of Vanishing Stars and I hadn't finished. And I have to tell you that I absolutely loved it. Um, that, you know, it didn't fall apart at the end or anything. And then there's a whole kind of thing about the author at the end where I found out that this was very much based on a true story. She fictionalized a true story Um that there's even a movie based on which I cannot remember what it's called but um so The Forest of Vanishing Stars by Christine Harmel um if you want to hear more about that I talk about it last episode episode 85 but um I always like to kind of uh come back once I finish the book when when I talk about them and I haven't finished and that one I give a thumbs up all right let's move on to um tv shows so I just have to say thank you to Beverly who emailed me I don't know how long ago to say oh well, now that you have acorn you should check out Packed to the rafters and I've talked about the show a few times before but I just finished it last night <laughs> so it is six seasons of like 22 episodes each so it's quite an accomplishment that I've made it through it has been my sewing companion for quite a while now um, and what's funny is that in season six I expected it to be six seasons and then like or not six uh, 22 episodes and around episode 10 and then 11 I'm thinking this sure seems like it's wrapping up and then I went and found out that it's 12 episodes so I was like right at the end of the whole the whole thing they ended it very well I mean how do you end a show that's been where you're just involved in these people's lives for six you know for six years so I've, I've talked about the show before, but very quickly, it's about a, a couple who, um, they're supposed to be empty nesters. Um, their, you know, kids are all, you know, moving out and moving on with their lives and then things happen and basically almost everybody moves home. <laughs> People just rotate through that house. So it, they are packed and it's a small little house and you just really, um, get to know this family and it's it's just delightful it took some weird turns uh here and there and this i was actually really glad this last season was short because i'm like okay i'm, I'm kind of ready for the show to be over so i finished it up i have good things to say about it and now i last year in 2021 they came out with back to the rafters which is six years later they did a reboot of it and so i just started i just went from the end of one show i just i'm like okay i gotta see where everybody is six years later um, and so I just watched a few minutes of that. So that's, that's fun. So that's another little something to look forward to. Um, so that's 
back to the raptors and back to the raptors and um, my husband and I started watching discovery you know the the star trek show and that i think it's a season 4 and i i don't know I, I have loved this show. I'm not super loving it this season, to be honest with you. The one thing I do love about the show is how so many women are portrayed in leadership roles and they are strong women and there's a ton of diversity. Um, they even have, they have gay characters, they have trans characters. Um, you know, I, there was one scene of all the, the highest women, highest people of um you know basically starfleet and they were all women i'm just like this is awesome I just have not really loved the storylines this this uh season so i mean i will continue it but i'm not super loving it i'm anxious to get on to picard which is also on paramount plus uh, now that we have that so that'll be next and i am i'm having like <sighs> <laughs> I miss Yellowstone, which is, I cannot even believe. So I'm having withdrawal from Yellowstone. So there is also the prequel to Yellowstone called 1883. So I think I'm going to have to watch that. Um, but no one is more surprised than me that I'm, I'm missing Yellowstone. So that's kind of it uh, on the TV. Not a lot of, of new shows to review for you. Before we head into our last segment, I'd like to thank Silk and Sonder for sponsoring the podcast. Silk and Sonder is a monthly journal subscription where every month you get a new journal and it has a new theme and a new color scheme and it has um, new prompts. So what's, what's so wonderful about the Silk and Sonder journals is there are elements that stay the same every single month. Um, places for you to reflect on what went well and what your challenges were from the month before. And it gives you space to set your intentions for the coming month. It has all your normal um, monthly layouts, weekly layouts, things like that. Places for um, you to plan out your week and then a place for you to um, actually put in your to-do lists for each day of the week. Or I've used that, I'm using those as, for, as to-do lists right now. I've also used those as kind of a diary of just um, things to remember from that day. And then there's, there's a coloring page, there is a recipe, and then there are specific journal prompts that go with each theme. So in April 2022, the theme is Radiance, and there are all sorts of prompts um, to to help you kind of dig into that to give your journaling um, a backbone sometimes i the what i've heard from people is i'd like to journal but i don't know what to say so if you just don't want to like rehash your day but kind of dig into um you know what you're thinking and how you're feeling about things these types of prompts are exactly that um, i'm opening my journal up right now and there is a great um, recipe for jackfruit carnitas. There's a place to create your own self-care bingo. There's a place to do some sketches. Um, and then there's some radiance journal prompts. There's a gratitude log and a sleep tracker and lots of um, blank pages to do your own freeform journaling as well. So I love it. I think it just is a really good way to take care of yourself mentally and to just spend a little time doing something just for you. So if you um, would like to give it a try, go over to the show notes and I've got a link and a code of SHE15, S-H-E-15, to get you 15% off any subscription. And if you are using the Silk and Sonder journal, I'd love to hear from you. Tell me what you love about it. I don't know about you, but this time of year, spring, 
or if you are in the southern hemisphere fall same vibes really that that change of season it's just making me want to dig in reorganize freshen up things like that um i have been struggling with my cleaning routine for a while um i I am very good about knocking out a, a weekly kind of what I want to call a surface clean. The fly lady would call uh, the weekly home blessing. And that only works if every once in a while you circle back and do some of the deeper stuff. And I just have not wanted to do the deeper stuff. And so as I've talked about before, the fly lady method is, you know, once a week you go in there and and you, you know, give the bathrooms a wipe down and sweep the floor and dust and, and that kind of thing. And I've been doing that on Saturdays and it takes me a couple of hours and it's not that big of a deal. My husband, now that the kids are gone and I can't make them <laughs> do chores, my husband has stepped up and done some. He does some of them too, which is very nice. Um, but so I would do that on Saturdays and every week I would think, okay, I'm going to do my zone cleaning 15 minutes a day. So I'm, I'm, you know, this will be the week for the family room. And so I will get in there and I'll do some more deep dusting and I'll do a little better polish on the furniture. I'll um, straighten out some drawers, things like that. And then the reality is that after I'm done working, um, even if it's like three o'clock, I think I should be able to do that at three o'clock. I just wouldn't do it. And so I'm like, I need to do this a little differently. So I decided to um, split up those chores over the week. Because doing those chores, the, um, the for me, dusting, sweeping, cleaning the bathrooms, that I've been doing that like that for so many years. I can put on an audiobook and I can completely do that on autopilot. So what I've decided to do is now every day I have a reminder set on my phone at three o'clock that says do daily chore. So on Mondays, I just, I clean the bathrooms. It doesn't take me longer than 20 or 30 minutes. Tuesdays, I dust. Wednesdays, I sweep. Um, and then Thursday and Friday are kind of like, if I don't do it, I can circle back or I can do something different or do nothing. And then that gives me some extra time on the weekend um, and this is my all or nothing personality to go, you know what, I'm going to dig into the family room and I'm just going to vacuum all the things and polish the leather chair and wash the windows and put a good hour in and feel like I have freshened that space up. And that has actually been working for me. So I'm still like, for some reason, I can dust at three o'clock, but you cannot get me to go spend 15 minutes, you know, do some some kind of deep cleaning thing. I can't explain it. I just know that this is working for me right now. So I'm kind of um, enjoying working through different rooms of the house. Um, you know, I've polished up some leather chairs, moving furniture, vacuuming, kind of rearranging, um, putting away some of the kind of more winter decor and freshening things up with some spring decor, just things like that. And, um, and that has really been working for me. And I was thinking, this seems kind of familiar. And I realized that this method of doing things, I feel like there's people follow either the fly lady or clean mama. And this is the clean mama method. The clean mama method is today we do floors, today we do bathrooms. And I never thought I would like that method, but um, just the shakeup you know, a, a change is as good as a rest, as they say. So that has been um, nice. And it's, it's, I've got more energy on the weekend to dig into those, those projects. I'm thinking back to a few years ago where my husband and I, every, I think it was Sunday, just spent a few hours and we started in the garage and we did a whole deep purge of the garage. And then we just continued through the whole house. And um, I think it's time for another one of those, which will be so much easier because it is not 20 years of stuff. It's a couple years of stuff. So we'll see if I can get any, um, any traction on that idea.
And the last thing I want to talk about is um, a new YouTube channel. It's not a new, it's a new to me YouTube channel that I have been really loving. Um, and it's called, and I'll put a link in the show notes, of course. It's called, the, the woman's name is Connie Wright, R-E-I-T. Actually, I just looked it up and it's R-I-E-T. I don't even know if I'm saying it right. But she is a... Um, mindful let me see what her youtube channel actually says um, practical inspiration for mindful living she talks about mindfulness simple living and minimalism and she just it's, her youtube channel is just, just a breath of fresh air i also completely love her style she like wears basically linen all the time um and she she looks fabulous she's got short gray hair but she looks very young um, she's got adult children and um, she talks a little bit about minimalism, slow living, um, you know, the way she um, does her work day, things like that. And it's just kind of a, a nice, her videos are like eight minutes or less. And so um, it's just kind of a, one of those things on YouTube that I just get a little bit of inspiration from. So if that sounds like your jam, I'd highly recommend checking that out. Well, I just checked and there are no new reviews of the podcast. Wah, wah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would love it if you would pop over to wherever you listen to the podcast and give it a rating um, and or review. I really appreciate that. And it does help other people find the podcast. So thank you for that. Um, you can find me online at my blog, Simple Handmade Every Day, on Instagram as Kristen Esser. And please consider joining the Simple Handmade Every Day private Facebook group so that we can keep the conversation going. Have a wonderful week.